All right, hello, and welcome back to a, another episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast, where I am still the aforementioned Chase Thomas, and I am coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast, where uh, it's another episode of The Full Ride, here with Matt Green talking all things college football, uh, fellow University of North Georgia alumni, Matt Green, and we talk about all kinds of stuff on this one. The main event, uh, the case for and against the Alabama Crimson Tide, making the uh, college football playoff national championship game three years in a row, if that is the case. Uh, all kinds of craziness in the transfer portal. Um, just the, it, It's just preposterous like where everybody is at the moment and trying to figure out where the last few pieces will fall uh, with those three being the quarterbacks and Caleb Williams, JT Daniels, and Jackson Dart. So we hit on all of that. Uh, some Stetson Heisman stats that uh, Matt was very passionate about on talking on this podcast. Uh, the chances for Harbaugh to leave Michigan for the NFL, why he should stay, why he could leave. Um, Derek Mason moving on from Auburn to Oklahoma State. Uh, Burton ended up in it at Alabama, Caleb Williams, the rumors with him at Wisconsin. Is that real? Uh, how Arkansas has done really well in the transfer portal and uh, early Heisman odds across the board. So we touch on all of that on this edition of the full ride here on the Chase Thomas podcast. Before we get started with today's episode, though, uh, I would like to also mention how you can support this very program. It starts with leaving a quick five star rating and a review on Apple or Spotify that is your preferred app of choice for listening to this podcast. Uh, go visit chasethomaspodcast.com for access to all of my previous episodes and make sure to subscribe to the Sports Renaissance Man newsletter at sportsrenaissanceman.substack.com. Uh, just type in your email. That's simple. As always, you can email this very program any questions, concerns, anything like that, uh, any sports-related questions, just shoot them my way at chasethomaspodcast at gmail.com. Again, that is chasethomaspodcast at gmail.com. And follow me on Twitter at chase double underscore Thomas and like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash chasethomaswriter. All right, Uncle Darren, let's ride. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Full Ride, a video component edition of the Full Ride. The new desktop is here. The new, the new studio is getting put together, and you know what that means. The Chase Thomas podcast is going video. We're adding a video component here in 2022. And I am looking at someone I have not looked at like this in this capacity. We've been recording no, just audio only for a couple of years now, but I haven't seen him since undergrad of University of North Georgia. I don't think I've seen you since we graduated or since I graduated. And there you are uh, wearing a really, really ugly shirt. Uh, That's where you know. are. You're there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, it's good. Uh, it's good to see you as well, sir. Uh, it's been a while for sure. It's uh, got, got the nice little little office set up to show, you know, just the the office of champions back here, you know, my my shrine. I actually do have a couple of championship flags. I, I, I don't know what to do with them yet, but uh, okay. but I got them. I got to figure out how I want to, you know, add them to the office aesthetic. I mean, you could frame them, right? Like you can frame them. I'm, I'm, I don't know. My dad's a big framer and I'm looking at a lot of framed sports photos like see behind me it's like there's nothing sports but if you look all here there's just 
all kinds of awesome sports stuff, all my books, my diploma, like the University of North Georgia publicity is sitting right there. I don't, I don't right believe there. you. All I see is clothes. I don't believe I know. And they're not even mine. <laughs> they're not even mine. That's the sad part. Um, no, those are the sports renaissance women. But we will continue to adjust. I think I'm going to put some flags. And I got a Clerks frame poster that I think I'm going to put up over there because Clerks is one of my all-time favorite movies. But outside yeah. of that, Matt Green, how are you doing, sir? Um, how How is your week? What's uh what's new with you? Oh, not a whole lot, man. Just uh, you know, just enjoying um this uh quote unquote off season with college football. There's still always so much going on with with the portal and just you know rumors and everything. But um, but yeah, not how about how about yourself? What's what's, what's new? I just I I'm not gonna lie. The the stuff with um with the podcast equipment and everything that uh that was a lot that that really threw me off with the mixer going down the laptop going down that was a lot uh, of unexpected stuff uh, because school started back uh this week at the greatest university in the united states of america everyone voted uh it is big orange country big orange country and it is the university of tennessee so school's back my last spring semester uh before i'm done with my master's matt green Excellent stuff. I uh, I don't know if that's a factual statement that it's the greatest school ever, but oh um, no, it's factual. It's it's been I, as a graduate student, um, that is something that I've looked into heavily, um, just to really make sure when I'm throwing around statements like that that they they hold merit. And it turns out after running the numbers, yeah, let me check my notes here. Yeah, still the best university in the nation. Nothing like it. There you go. It was, mm-hmm. I, I can't argue with numbers. You can't. But also, Josh Pate. Uh, friend of the pod, Josh Pate, uh, go check out his stuff at Lake Kick. Um, he and I were uh, messaging back and forth on uh, Twitter. And it was, uh, he, I think he mentioned that like the best Saturday night uh, venue was Death Valley. And then I, I put up a, a video of me uh, pretty close for Georgia, Tennessee for the blackout this fall. And I was like, I, I, I don't know. Neilan's pretty up there. And then who knew? Brady Quinn, big, big orange guy. Who would have thought that the Notre Dame quarterback would love Big Iron Country and also endear himself to the best fan base in the United States by saying like he he swears that the ball was like moving um, that when Notre Dame went to Knoxville years and years ago now that he he mentions Tennessee, the loudest venue he's ever played in. And, you know, look, I'm not saying that matters, but it certainly matters when there are narratives surrounding uh, other SEC school takeovers uh, in Neyland <laughs> Yeah, we've gotten because over that. <laughs> I haven't. That's going to no, bother me for everything you can say about Tennessee, their uh, their fan base is, is is as loyal as they come for sure. Also, I, I definitely yeah. enjoyed my my one trip I've been I've had to uh, to Neyland. Well, you'll make it happen at some point. Um, well, I'll be down in Athens for the Georgia Tennessee game this fall, I'm sure. Um, but. Yeah, this is this has been cool. And speaking of Georgia, I wanted to start at the top of this show, the, the top of the full right here with uh, Matt Green and myself, is that Kirby Smart's making moves with the helicopter. Like that man is on a mission. But do you know where he he stopped? The Kirby copter. <laughs> the Kirby copter. Do you know where he stopped this week? The alma mater. I did. Hartview High there. School. I think How it was cool at my alma mater last week. Was he there? I was going to mention to you. I was like, did he make a stop in at North yeah. Gwinnett? Did, um. But he did. Yeah, for sure. Okay. It was uh, uh, like a week before Parkview. No big deal, you know. Okay. A little higher on the priority. You know, you know, 
Okay. We're not, we're not talking late 90s, early mm-hmm. 2000s powerhouse, you know. We're talking current powerhouse North Gwinnett. Okay. You know? okay. All right. Well, Matt Stinchcomb, uh, he 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 agreed with me in that. We, Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer, also a Parkview alum. Uh, Frank Hoare, Matt Stinchcomb, uh, Dustin Wade. Who could forget? Uh, just a, a bunch of... <laughs> like I said, ni- 90s, 2000s powerhouse. Yeah. Hey. I'm looking at the helmet right now. The Battle of Five Forks lives lives on uh, in this heart and in this household. In this household, we respect uh, the Five Forks rivalry. Um, don't forget, folks, you can follow Matt on Twitter.com if you're looking for all the best college football insight at Matt underscore W underscore Green. Uh, follow myself at Chase double underscore Thomas. Uh, make sure to go check out ChaseTomasPodcast.com for access to all of our previous episodes on this very feed. Go check that out. And if you like listening to Matt and myself, hey, leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Nigel the Nighthawk, he's got some news for us before we get into our main event. Nigel, uh, what's he Nigel's got? Nigel's back. <laughs> Nigel's back. And I wanted to start here because we were texting about this uh, earlier today, but Michigan's DC has now left uh, for the Baltimore Ravens uh, joining up with uh, another Harbaugh, just the John Harbaugh this time, uh, where he was an assistant coach uh, for, I think, around six years before moving on to Michigan. But with Don Mart- uh, Wink Martindale uh, out as D.C., which was a surprise move uh, up there in Baltimore this offseason, uh, he moves on for an NFL job. And now that job's open and there's all kinds of smoke that like Bruce Feldman, uh, awesome reporter for the Athletic Fox Sports, mentioning that if the Raiders offer Harbaugh the job he's taking it so then you're just like what is happening because if there is there's not a good time to lose a premier top 10 coach in college football but it's definitely not at the end of January it's definitely not after everything's over and you need to start preparing for the season this is not the time to uh to be in the coaching search market but what do you what do you think uh is going on with Harbaugh in Michigan and do you think the possibility of him leaving uh, in the coming days is, is real. I, well, I definitely think it's real. Like to start with the first, I'm going to go back to the first thing you said, like that's why the calendar is just so messed up. Like they need to have the early signing period, like before the season for that whole thing. And then the next actual signing day should be like March, like the first Wednesday of March. How it's always in February, like go all the way to March. Like because the NFL and college coaching I don't know what you want to call it, fraternities are so intertwined. There's so much movement with guys going either from the NFL to college, from college to the NFL, that like you're going to have both of these signing periods go and you're without a doubt going to have some linebacker coach who told this recruit, yeah, I'm going to be your coach for the next however. And Mm -hmm. he's going to end up on the Seattle Seahawks. Like like that's, that's just, it's going to happen. Like that's what, that's why Roquan Smith, in Georgia and say UCLA was because uh, whoever the, I think it was the specifically the linebacker coach DC for UCLA took the Falcons job. So like, you're going to see this, they just have to come up with a better timeline, but in terms of Michigan specifically, like a guy, this isn't a lateral move, right? A, a college DC becoming a pro DC. So it could just be a simple promotion. You know, he uh, got a great reference, you know, he's probably like, uh, Harbaugh asked his brother, what do you think of this guy? Oh, he's a great coach. So mm-hmm. it, it could just be in the matter of this guy got an opportunity he's going to the NFL. It's not just like, oh, he knows Harbaugh's leaving, so they want to jump ship. You know, mm-hmm. it, 
I do feel like ultimately Harbaugh is going to leave, but I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily know if you can, you know, jump, make that conclusion just from this move. Do you think Michigan can do better than Harbaugh? I don't know if they can, like, especially because like every time the vac- the job is open, they always talk about the Michigan man thing, mm-hmm. right? We want a Michigan man. <laughs> so it's like Harbaugh is that. And it seems yeah. like he's such a proven coach at different stops too. Like he's, he's proven how good of a coach he is. I don't think they can even really do better. So I wonder, I wonder what Michigan fans have to be thinking right now. And it's so crazy to think about like, this is going to be like one of the weirdest coaching, like just, just relationship divorces, like ever, like a guy came home. So it's like, he loves this place. And then he wasn't doing as well as everyone thought. Well, he did do well at first, but mm-hmm. they didn't do as well. It's like, well, I still want to stay. Just pay me a little bit less. <laughs> and then he has a huge year, goes to the playoff and then he could potentially leave them. It's like a Michigan fan can't really be mad at Jim Harbaugh. Like he's, yeah. He came and made the program better than it was, than it's been in the last 10, 15 years. Even the early Harbaugh years, like getting uh, to the Orange Bowl and things, like they, there was multiple good seasons he had. And I, like, I don't know who's the guy. Like is Matt Campbell? I know that's always a name they've thrown out potentially for Michigan, but I don't know. If, if they can get another good guy, I just – like Michigan means something to us like Mm -hmm. because of how much we care about the history of college football and when we were born in the nineties, especially they were, they were about as cool as it gets. Charles Woodson was like my all time favorite player as a kid. Like, so they were, they were an all like just, they don't like him as much here in Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, There's a little bit more of a difference. (laughs) Oh, the whole Peyton Manning, Heisman voting thing. Yeah. A little bit different. Yeah. Of of course. But so Charles Woodson, they were just a really cool program back then. They had the history of just having these dynamic wide receivers like Desmond Howard and, and everything and that's just if if you're born in 2003 that just doesn't really mean anything to you like so i i wonder how many like how many guys still see michigan as a destination job like i think it kind of takes being a michigan man to like yeah they can be a premier program well it's also like michigan's so tough because they're in that i forgot who it was who pounds this drum where it's like I'm trying to remember which college football uh, analyst says this because it's something that I think about a lot is that like, it's really easy to go from bad to okay. It's really easy to go from okay to good with the right coach, with the right recruiting base, with the right area. It's dang near impossible to go from good to elite. That is like the point where it's just, there's only a couple teams that can get to that level. The level that Georgia's at right now, the level that Alabama's at, the level that Ohio State's at, the level that Clemson's been at. It's really, really almost next to impossible. But then you look at, remember what we said was the theme this year in college football? Was that like there was Georgia and then the rest of the pack. And that's just how it looked for the majority of the season where like there wasn't much of a differentiating factor between number eight and number 17 throughout the rest of the season. That's how I feel about Michigan where it's like, they're great and they were in the college football playoff and that is a huge deal, but they're not close. They're not close to running the gauntlet of winning a college football playoff situation. They don't have the players yet. And maybe JJ McCarthy, if he's a couple years older and that maybe whatever five-star that's, it's always a possibility. We saw them get blitzed and blown off the map against Georgia. 
And even if you think if you play that game a hundred times, they win four times or whatever. Guess what? No one's picking them to be able to beat Georgia and then Alabama back to back. The SEC has won the last three titles. Their best team is going to be Alabama most likely next year. They're going to be favored to go four straight. That would be Alabama in the national title game three years in a row, which is just preposterous. All that being said, you saw this with Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly just left Notre Dame. He didn't go to the NFL, although there were rumors, but he was like, there is a ceiling here. I cannot get the players to get me from number eight to number 17, where it's I'm not all that different than Iowa State when all the chips are down and I'm faced with the, the biggest, the creme de la creme of competition. I wonder if that's where Harbaugh's at, where he's like, man, I had a great team this year. We finally beat Ohio State, and we still weren't anywhere close to being able to compete with Alabama and Georgia in a back-to-back situation. So, I mean, if you're Brian Kelly, oh, yeah, other than the fact that when you have a guy like Cade McNamara at quarterback, mm-hmm. you have to think, like, this isn't the ceiling for Michigan, right? Like, right. this wasn't – like, if this was, like, your, your senior three-year starter at quarterback in this elite defense – and we still weren't good enough, then it'd be kind of like essentially uh, why am I blanking on his name? Notre Dame quarterback that was there for Jack five Hunt? years. Oh, for uh, five years. Um, uh, that Ian just Book. left. Ian Book. Yeah. Hmm. It's like, that's kind of probably where Brian Kelly got. It's like, hmm. I have like a super solid team here, like multiple NFL offensive linemen, like an experienced quarterback that wasn't an NFL player necessarily although i think you got to start this year right not good it didn't go well well. no but it's like he he had a lot of experience so it's like kind of everything came together and you still couldn't compete with alabama like i mean they kept it close that that you're in the playoff but it's like it had to be frustrating after a while like i feel like i'm doing everything i can possibly do and we can't compete at that level i don't know if michigan if harbaugh should take that away from this 2021 team like with i mean it it was a great team right but with, with such a limited quarterback, like this, this isn't the best it gets. And that's kind Mm. of, that's kind of what it would take to like be defeated. I think not that Ian book is necessarily as good as it gets, but he was a quality college player. Like, yeah. And Brian Kelly was there for a lot longer period of time too. And had multiple good teams that got to the national championship or college football playoff that basically got smoked every time they were on that stage. But so the I don't thing know. Is, like they're still great. And that's where it gets tiring where it's like, if the fan base is never happy because you can never get over that hump and you get no respect nationally because everyone's like, Oh, it's Notre Dame. They're going to get, we know what happens when they find themselves in the playoff. Like Lincoln Riley, I think is dealing, dealt with that a little bit at Oklahoma where he's like, what if I just never have the defensive pieces to do what I need to do to win two playoff games against the sec? Guess where he can get the players on both sides of the ball and really get to that next level. Lincoln Riley's thinking titles. Brian Kelly is thinking titles. It's likely that one of them gets it there that they could not get at Oklahoma and Notre Dame. Both great programs, but that line between like number eight and number two is just vast. And that line between eight and 17 is just not. So I just wonder with Harbaugh, his is just an NFL thing, not a college thing where it's like, if he goes, he can win a Super Bowl. He's been in the Super Bowl. He came close to winning one. He can do it. Um, He'd be a great NFL coach again. If he wants to win a title, if he wants to finally just like get one because he is getting up there in age, also his brother has one, then he's like, the odds of me getting one in the NFL versus me getting one at Michigan, I I, I, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm going to go back to the NFL, right? If that's what he cares ultimately about, of winning a title, 
then I don't see how he can just stay at Michigan for 10 to 15 years. It hasn't happened. And how long? When was the last Michigan title? Matt Green, you're the college football expert. When was the that was the split, yeah. the split national title in Nebraska. And I think the last one before 97 was like the 60s. Yes. Like maybe so the it's 50s, like... actually, because Bo Schembechler never actually won a national championship. Mm-hmm. And you have Ohio State there. Ohio State's not going anywhere. I don't know if you're keeping up with the recruiting rankings, folks, and what they're doing. Ohio State's fine. They just took away um, Broyles from Oklahoma State. Like, they were just like, oh, defense is a problem. We'll just go get one of the best defensive minds in college football. Done. Like, we'll fix that. We'll clean it up. Like, Michigan is a weird a weird program because, like, I, I've seen people, like, kind of having the, the conversation on Twitter recently of, like, like, what's a blue blood program? Like, that whole conversation. Because, like, I, we would consider Michigan a blue blood program, right? Like, they're, I think they're first still all time and wins if they haven't been passed, but they're first all time and wins and whatever their history and all that. But if, if, if I was making just off the top of my head, someone's like, yeah, is Michigan a top 10 program? Yeah. But then if someone told me they're not even a top 20 program, it's like, I, you could probably convince me of that too. Like, they're, they're in such a weird space that, like, their history, carries a lot of weight but maybe not as much weight as they think it does i agree um like i i think we've talked about this a little bit but i'm like penn state's a better job than michigan penn state you have a much better track to winning a national title i think see, in that, is, see i don't know if i agree with that why is penn state better than michigan i kind of think recruiting they're like the dmv that area just it's a better part of the country to recruit and okay it's just it's harder to recruit in the midwest ohio state has like an advantage because they can just go to they have the brand like for whatever reason ohio state could just go to texas they can go to california they can go to florida they can go to the dmv if you look at their recruiting footprint they can go wherever michigan can't do that it it just they can't and penn state you're at home so you get a lot of those kids in the northeast that are four and five stars that want to stay close to home so they're like the creme de la creme in that area so that's something that benefits them more and will continue to benefit them more yeah i could see that um but we'll see what happens what do you think like we'll end it here on uh, Harbaugh. What do you think ultimately happens? Do you think he's back on a Michigan sideline this fall, or do you think he is back in the NFL? I I think he might be. I don't know if you saw that interview with Kirby Smart uh, with Reese Davis. It was pretty good, and he was talking about one of the things that his like biggest worry in college football was good coaches who prefer to coach in college that are now going to the NFL just because they can't handle the the workload that it is to be a college football coach anymore. I, I wonder if Harbaugh is kind of one of those coaches that Kirby's kind of alluding to, that this guy is a good coach that kind of belongs in the college game, but all the extra stuff that goes with being a college coach is is just too much. And and guys go to the NFL for like the work-life balance, you know? And I, I wonder if, if Harbaugh is one of those guys. And especially like we already said, like he's uh, – the chances of winning a championship in the super winning a super bowl are way higher than his odds of winning a national championship at michigan ultimately i think if i had to bet right now i would say he's an nfl coach next year i don't even know who mm-hmm. like they're the raiders i know has been thrown around like denver i think i don't know i, I don't think he's getting the denver chicago or i mean minnesota job but i like the raiders feels real like i like the raiders make sense to me and i don't know like Dolphins, I mean, that's still open. And Stephen Ross said he would not be the one to take Jim Harbaugh from Michigan because he's a Michigan guy. But like, I'll believe it when I see it. Like, if Harbaugh tells him straight up, like, I don't want to do this anymore, so <laughs> I'll go to the Raiders if you don't hire me, which is a possibility. Like, if Harbaugh's like, I'm leaving the alma mater, and I get that you like that I'm here and helping us, but like, 
I'm going to the NFL. So even if you don't want to be the one to take me from Michigan, what I'm telling you is I'm just going to compete against you in the AFC if you don't hire me. So I don't know, man. Like I just, I like Carbaugh. I think he's done a really good job there. I think we'll look back after he's gone that he did a, a lot better than he got credit for during his time there. Um, but I'm going to say he stays. I'm going to say he stays for a little bit longer. He's going to see what happens with JJ McCarthy. I think that's a big one. Like he has not had this level of talented quarterback to this point. And if you like, you can win with Stetson Bennett when you have the Georgia players on both sides of the ball, you can do that. You can do that with Mac Jones or not even Mac Jones, a good example, but the, the Jacob Cokers of the world, you can do it with a certain type of talent at around the rest of the roster. But when it comes to Michigan, you don't have the same players. Like you're good, like solid 87. But when you're matching with Georgia, the way to get around that, and Notre Dame's run into this wall as well, is that you have to have the quarterback. You have to have the quarterback who can do something else to get you in the game and to make up for the fact that the talent disparity on both sides of the ball is vast. So maybe McCarthy yeah. is that guy. So he sees what happens here. He's like, if it doesn't work with this five-star, then maybe it's not going to work at Michigan and I'm not going to break through. But the odds of, I, I don't know. I, I'm going to say he doesn't, but man, I would be nervous about um, the future of Michigan football for a Michigan fan because I don't think they're going to get the guy they think they will. I don't think they're going to be able to get Matt Rule from Carolina. I don't think they're going to be able to get Luke Fickle. Maybe Matt Campbell, maybe. But like, I'm, if he left, my gut tells me they just promote Josh Gaddis. Like, like, maybe yeah is 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 michigan a better job than cincinnati right now Oof. it's like for for any coach like if the both openings are open tomorrow then then yeah michigan's probably a better job you know but for luke fickle specifically he's built up cincinnati into what it is and michigan's been to one college football playoff cincinnati's mm. been to one college football playoff and now they're about to be in a quote unquote power five conference. We might not even use that term anymore with yeah, the, I think those are going whatever away. the big yeah. 12 is called, but mm -hmm. it's a big time enough conference that they run through that one loss undefeated. Like they can compete for the playoff year in and year out. Like they could legit just replace Oklahoma and they start getting blown out in the, in the uh, semifinal every year. Um, have you, have you been surprised, Matt Green, uh, at how much Alabama has cleaned up in the portal? Your man, Mr. Burton, goes to the Tide. And uh, I think I saw Nicole Harbin, not a fan of the, the yeah, jump by Burton. It's, uh, you, you expect fans to say stuff like that. When Miko Hardman says <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's a little different. It's uh, Because Miko Hardman's probably like a guy that's probably had, what, 30 30 catches or something his junior year at Georgia, like nothing mm -hmm. impressive. Didn't put up any impressive numbers, but he was a good player, part of a good team and probably ran a four, two, three or 40 or something. You know, he's got rid mm -hmm. ridiculous speed and, but he, his film, regardless of, you know, maybe he could have gone somewhere else and had more touches, one more awards, whatever his film and his play showed that, you know, he was capable of being a second round pick. So mm -hmm. He's kind of a specific person that when he says it, like that kind of means something, especially because Miko Hardman was like a good blocker too. Like he was like kind of the things you might not expect, but that's like what it takes to get on the field of when there's four or five guys that are kind of all equal, equal talent level, which is kind of what Georgia had at that time. 
But, I mean, Jermaine Burton, I don't blame him for transferring because you see what Alabama's track record of receivers is. Like, he's going to come back next year. Like, Georgia's three leading receivers were freshmen this past year. And part of that is because Jermaine Burton had some nagging injuries, missed some games here and there. And, he, and, I mean, I think he made plays, like, when he played. But it was just – he got two, three catches a game, basically. I, I – I, I don't think he's nearly the caliber of player of any of these other Alabama first round picks. He's just not necessarily like the raw athlete that like a Henry Ruggs or Devonte Smith or Jerry Judy, like any of those guys. But I mean, he could put up like a big time 70 catch thousand yard, 10 touchdown season. And that's probably the best thing for his career. So I can't really, can't really hate on him wanting to wanting to do that. It's, it's not surprising that Alabama is doing this because like, the rich always find a way to get richer, right? Like even warned them. Like, yeah, I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to clean up. And then you have Dabo, like we're good. We're too good for the portal. And Saban's like, no, we're just going to dominate this now too. If this is a, yeah. like, I'm just going to take advantage. Why would we not just do this? And it's the combination. It's the trio for me where I'm like, I don't, I really struggle to not just give Alabama the title next year. Now with, Rick's coming in from LSU. Jameer Gibbs, who was a stud at Georgia Tech, like their lone bright spot just gets picked off from Tech. I think I sent to you. Remember like that Georgia Tech actually had the worst pass defense in FBS last year? Like not not good on the flats right now in uh, Georgia and Tech. I imagine FBS. people weren't even running up the score on them. No. Like they're probably taking it easy in the fourth quarter. Taking I was told Jeff Collins was a uh, defensive-minded coach, but mm. TBD, I guess. Um they waffle hey hold on i i think i might have a waffle house somewhere in here hat in here but no we're we're you and i are very team waffle house as oh, to georgia, georgia but it's not my Men. personality no <laughs> I feel like it's it's who jeff collins is maybe i'll get waffle house after this you he just went, he went full waffle, waffle house. house you never go full waffle house <laughs> never go full waffle house um but where i was going with that was just that like rick's huge get Jameer Gibbs and now Burton. It's just like they cleaned up. Like Texas cleaned up, Arkansas cleaned up. Like Arkansas, the they haven't released what the NIL groundbreaking thing is yet, right? Like, uh, yeah, I was looking for it. I didn't see anything. I did uh, see uh, there was some sort of interview with Jerry Jones. Oh so no! Oh no! I think Jerry Jones. I saw Jerry Jones make some sort of comment of like, I, I don't get my hand doesn't get tired writing checks. Wow. Something to that extent. So I think Jerry Jones is like, we're paying players. I'm trying to win a championship at Arkansas. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm not, I didn't I forgot like about Jerry Jones match. being a wild card here, right? Like in, I totally in did too. Yeah, for sure. That's but, um, wild. But yeah, well, Arkansas cleaned up there. Sam Pittman doing a great job. They just went eight and four in a brutal SEC West. If you take out Georgia and Alabama, which were the two best teams in the country, they're a 10 and two team last year. You put them in like the Big Twelve, the Pac twelve. Arkansas is probably the best team in the in that conference last year. Um, if they played that kind of schedule, um, Arkansas is ahead of the curve. They got to keep Kendall Bryles. They kept Barry Odom. The staff's still there. Pittman's just the most likable coach outside of Josh Heupel, who's just as likable as it gets in the SEC. Um, I just I wonder about like the transfer stuff because I want to get a sense of like the transfer portal rankings. And when you look at who's cleaning up the most, but 
I just I could not get over that Alabama immediately is just they're already king. They they already are kings of the recruiting and player development aspect of the sport. But now they were like, let's just go ahead and take this advantage as well and just clean up here too, right? Yeah, without a doubt. It's not surprising. Have you seen Arkansas' schedule for next year? I have not looked at it yet. They open with Cincinnati. Ooh, that's a win. So Cincinnati like, lost not, everybody. Not only they just find a way to just have the most difficult schedule every yeah. season. It's just like you're, there's you get Georgia off the schedule this year. You're still playing the SEC West. We don't play them. I know that. But um, yeah, they got South Carolina and um, who is in Missouri from the that Missouri they play every year. But um, can we rant about South Carolina for thirty seconds? Can we do that? Whenever I hear South Carolina come up, I get hot. I get flustered, Matt Green. Like I. I <laughs> The temperature raises um, all around me. Like I can't, I can't do it. Like the the South Beach Carolina, hot and bothered. It makes me hot and bothered, Matt Green, because it's I, I just I don't understand it. Like again, friend of the pod, Josh Page. But you don't like, understand the hype. No, like what have we seen? Like because they got a tight end from Oklahoma and Spencer Rattler who got benched. That's why they're going to beat Tennessee, who they got boat raced by. That's why they're going to beat Florida again. That's why they're going to beat Mizzou who's a better Mizzou team. That's why they're going to beat Kentucky. Who's going to be better than what they were this past year with another year. Of Will Levis. We're going against the more than the tight end. I think everyone just loves Shane Beamer. Like, Which I get. He's a nice he wins guy. the press conference. He's cool. Yeah. They're not like, there's no path. Like the, the, if I see one more 10 win season for the South Carolina Gamecocks, I'm going to be sick. Matt Green. I can't do it. And I'm sorry we're for our South Georgia Carolina listeners. I can't do it. Just Georgia and Clemson right off the bat mm-hmm. are probably losses, but you know oh, I don't even think going you can at say Clemson Florida anymore. at Kentucky. Like they played A and M, they've never beaten Texas A and M since mm-hmm. they've been the their locked rivals. So it's like there's basically I feel like there's a, a solid three or four losses just just to begin with, and then they got to win all the games they're supposed to win. And yeah, I felt like it was kind of a fool's gold. What, what do they get to seven and six mm-hmm. to finish it? Like, mm-hmm. you know, celebrate what you want. Like it was, it was a successful season without a doubt in year one. And a lot of teams take that, that step in year two. So, you know, maybe they take a step and Spencer Rattler. I mean, if you want to think about what South Carolina was with a considerable upgrade in quarterback, they, they could be a lot better. And Spencer Rattler, even though, he might not be the Heisman, you know, number one pick that we thought he was. Well, I mean, we'll get to that because they're still, still be loving him. People yeah, are still he could buying still in. Be that, but he's still a huge upgrade from the grad assistant. And no, who, who put some respect on Zed Nolan's name. Zed Nolan, thank you. See, I don't know. We thought I mean, like, he has to be. No, no, he doesn't. Like they're they're five stars who are just not good. We've talked about Tate Martell and other guys like that. We've seen just because you have that five star rating, you might not just be good. But we've seen Spencer Rattler play at Oklahoma. Do you remember Christian Hackenberg, the five star Christian Hackenberg? At Christian Penn Hackenberg State? never showed it. Like his best season at Penn State, I think, was yeah. like a fourteen touchdown, ten pick season. Like Spencer Rattler as a redshirt freshman, even though they were disappointing and he was inconsistent. Like he still went through close to 30 touchdowns. Like it was, I think like nine picks or something. It was a respectable season. And then he just, he wasn't even doing that bad. He was doing like, you know, he was just wasn't doing much this season. And they also, Oklahoma, like a lot of teams had a, had a better guy to go to in the bullpen. So 
not necessarily as many teams would have been as quick to pull the trigger if they didn't have a Caleb Williams as the well, see, That's what I was going to say. If they brought in Caleb Williams, who's still out there, weirdly enough, because let me check my notes here. Uh, school started this semester um, and Tennessee was late. So I don't know when they start at USC and UCLA um, where he's rumored to go, but a lot of schools are, we're in ad drop time. Like, I don't know what, how they can wait this long him and Jackson dart. Like, I don't know how they can wait like more than like tomorrow. Like, I don't understand how this is still a thing um, that they can just still be sitting out there. But again, I I don't know. That's not my uh, expertise of how kids get into classes um, when they decide to transfer. I mean, I'm sure there's so many remote things you Mm -hmm. can do to to earn your credits and everything. I guess. But like, that's what I was going to say about Caleb Williams, too, though, was that like if they brought in him, then I'm like, oh, I'm a little scared. I'm a little nervous about South Carolina. If Caleb Williams in the fold, not Spencer Rattler. Okay. A little bit. Guess what? I cannot wait. I am going to Columbia this fall and I am, I might get front row 50 yard line and just turn around in my Tyler Bray, uh, white Jersey and just Tyler Bray. Yeah. Just do the gladiator. Just thumbs down as we're up 21 to nothing at the end of the first quarter, because what does Tennessee do? They go up 21 to nothing every first quarter. We're the best first quarter team in college football. So when we do that, that's what I'm going to do. I'm embracing it. When Hendon Hooker is just slicing up the South Carolina defense and we're just knocking the living crap out of the Gamecocks, um, it's going to be great. And uh, I'll record it. It's going to be great content for the pod. And again, South Carolina fans, something against you guys. You're great. South Carolina, great fan base. Just the hype is uh, I'm not buying it. Matt's not buying it. I'll believe it when I see it. Go balls. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt, because they seem to always play like a tough game with Vanderbilt. Yeah. You know, like so even even when you have those like the Georgia and Clemson off it. I mean Clemson's obviously taking a step back, but I think they're still way better than South Carolina. Like the Kentucky game, like you're not winning you're not beating Kentucky. Like, you can't expect to beat Kentucky. You might beat Kentucky, but like that's that's very far from a uh, expected win, yes. you know? So it's, it's, it's tough to find the wins on South Carolina's schedule to, to be excited about a nine, 10 win season. Like, I just don't see that happening. Matt Green, how excited are you for more uh, turnover on the Auburn coaching staff? Both the OC, Mr. Mike Bobo, gone, replacing with Austin Davis. And then also the DC, who uh, Derek Mason, Elite DC did a great job with Auburn this past year. He's on his way to replace Broyles uh, at Oklahoma State. Great hire in Stillwater for Mike Gundy. Love that fit for him. Um, I don't know. Is this a bad sign? Are you a little bit nervous about what's going on here? We got Zach Calzada, Austin Davis, no DC. I think they're going to promote the defensive line coach, who I think was the DC for Harson in Boise. Yeah, Jeff Schmetting. That's yeah. uh, I, was he D line or linebackers? I think he was D line with them. He um, might have been but, linebackers, but, but yeah, it, he 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 was uh, at Eastern Washington, I think, for like fifteen years or something. But mm-hmm. yeah, then he came with uh, with Harson from Boise State. So I don't know if it's like a this could just be a we don't really get along. I want to bring in one of my own guys, like I trust more, like kind of you know. Well, there was a report that they weren't talking down the stretch. That but, yeah, said, yeah, so it could be something like that, but I. From, I don't know, from the outside, it feels like a guy jumping off of a sinking ship, right? Like, I don't necessarily want to be a part of what's going on here at Auburn. Let me go to Oklahoma State. Because Oklahoma State is 
I don't think you could really call that an upgrade from Auburn. It's a lateral move for sure. Just being a lot less pressure though. A lot less pressure. Yeah. But Auburn in the sec, there's just those a DC in the sec tends to make more money than a DC in in the big 12. Like, I don't know what this deal Mason has, if it was more money or anything. I doubt it. There's no, I kind of doubt it too. So Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. It, it's definitely a curious move and maybe it's just a matter of like two guys personalities just didn't get along. But I, I wonder there's just, there doesn't seem to be a lot of positivity around Harson in general. So I kind of wonder what's going on with, with their program. Well, you got Bo Nix out of there too. Um, I don't know. I just Auburn's, I think, and I wonder if you're on the same wavelength as me. It sounds like you are like, they're the hardest team to read and forecast for next year. I have no idea. Every year. Auburn, right? <laughs> but like, especially now, like at least I had a good, like we had a good idea of what a Gus Malzahn team was going to look like. We had a good idea. The Kevin Steele, Gus Malzahn stuff. We, we had a good feel for it at a certain point. I have no feel for Brian Harson at this point. I have no feel for where they're going offensively. I have no feel for moving on from Derek Mason and going with your Boise guy, because I just, I have a hard time believing he's going to be better than what Derek Mason brought. Um, that dude just knows defense and Auburn was one of the best defenses in college football last year. So I don't see a way that they don't regress at least somewhat in that capacity, but it's also like the West is so brutal. The sec West is so brutal and that Arkansas is figured so much stuff out. And now Brian Kelly is in here just putting together a staffing clinic and recruiting operation clinic that you're like, man, if Auburn is this mercurial and this hard to read right now, this could get ugly in a hurry for Harson because they don't accept four and eight. They don't accept five and seven at Auburn. And when you think about their schedule and where they're going to be going next year, I'm like five and seven, four and eight feels like a possibility for them. Like this is a scary situation. Yeah, like you said, in the SEC West, like someone has to lose these games. Like everyone can't win nine games. Like it just doesn't work that way. And if you just look at what Alabama always is, what A&M expects to be, and then Arkansas mm. in here, like LSU. They, did they go you got Georgia four? still. Was it eight and four and then nine and four of the bowl game, I think? Yes. Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and then Arkansas, yeah, Auburn, obviously you always have Georgia in there, but it's like with like Mississippi state doesn't seem bad right near old miss went to a new year six bowl this past yes. year. Like LSU, if you're picking a bounce back candidate, you're picking LSU before you're picking our Auburn. So mm-hmm. like, it's, it's hard to pick anything other than seventh in the sec in the sec West for Auburn. If you're just looking at it right now, like, so, I mean, I can understand if, if you're looking at that and you're like, well, Oklahoma state, they're going to be one of the best teams in the big 12. Mm-hmm. Auburn is not. I'm going to, I'm going to get out of here while I still, while I still have a job. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We'll see. We'll see what happens there. Um, My favorite rumor thus far in the transfer portal, though, speaking of Caleb Williams earlier, the, the Wisconsin stuff, do you buy that at all? Because that would be certainly a choice, but you and I, we watched a lot of Graham Mertz in our life. We watched a lot of Graham Mertz and Graham Mertz, four star, uh, the best quarterback, young prospect that they've had in forever uh he was not made in the same lab that they made the jim sorgies of the world this is a different cat he he didn't have a brooks bollinger flowing through his veins and it didn't work like it's been bad the wisconsin offense has been bad they figured out the run game down the stretch last year and turned their season around defense still legit still top 10 in the country with jim Leonard running things but man 
Caleb Williams, with that defense and with that running game, we've seen Wisconsin at their peak. We've seen them with Russell Wilson with that transfer, which obviously everyone's cited as the comparison here. But, like, man, that would be a fun wrinkle in the Big Ten, right? Like, Ohio State. It would definitely be fun because Wisconsin (laughs) is just one of those teams that they're the same team every year. And it's like, if you just got this X factor of a dynamic quarterback, then Wisconsin could immediately become a national title contender. Yeah. So that would be really cool. But like, what's the connection here? Is there a, is there a coach <laughs> from out from Gonzaga that's that, uh, or he went to high school. That's like at Wisconsin or something now. Like I, I haven't know. heard, I haven't necessarily heard a connection. He's a DC guy. Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. He might not be a California guy. Maybe that's, the only thing that's keeping him the only reason i won't rule out this wisconsin thing is because the usc thing seemed like a lock Mm -hmm. so the fact that he didn't just immediately follow uh riley to usc well then maybe it's not just a done deal so i guess i won't rule out wisconsin but yeah like i i'll believe it when i see it right like i don't that would just be so random i i would not i would not bet on that happening but i obviously don't know caleb williams personally so who knows well, it's also just weird, right, that it's taking this long. Like him and Dart taking this long, and obviously there's a connection here because he might be going to USC and Jackson Dart's leaving USC. And then you already have Keaton Slovis, who's out the door at Pitt. And I, USC could be in a weird funk if they don't get Kale They kind of need him now with Slovis and Dart gone. They, like Lincoln Riley actually really needs Caleb Williams to make this happen. Um, the hilarious ending here is UCLA. That's what I'm pulling for is Caleb Williams to do all of this to end up at UCLA with Chip Kelly, who just got his four year extension. Um, I mean, I could see a guy like Caleb Williams just being like, I'm not really trying to be a part of a rebuild. Yeah. And USC could be a quick rebuild, but this guy, I would assume, thinks he can play two more years in college and bounce. Mm-hmm. So you don't want one of those years to be a team that's, you know, maybe they don't have the offensive line to protect you or they may not have the weapons to to make you look good as a quarterback. So it might not be as much of a done deal as we all thought. Absolutely. Um, there was like a piece in ESPN plus uh, this week, highlighting the 10 college football teams most helped by the transfer portal. I wanted to ask you because it, it includes USC LSU. We talked about Alabama, um, nothing new there, but in this list, who jumped out to you? Was there a name? Was there a team that jumped out the most to you that you were like, okay, this is interesting what they've done here? Well, for one, the list surprised me because I, I would assume a Bama is, I feel like, the mo- been the most impressive, right? The most active. Yeah. But um, they didn't have them included. But I think it's just because they already had the stuff. Like, it's hard maybe, to go from number yeah. one to still number one. <laughs> like, I think and that's just- why it's so frustrating for everyone trying to compete with Alabama, right? It's like, Oh, so they have like two or three holes on the team this yeah. year. Well, we'll just we'll just go ahead and pluck LSU's best defensive back and Georgia's best wide receiver. Yeah. Um, but I think Arkansas is the team I think that's that's interested me the most. Ole Miss, I, I guess they're not done. So Ole Miss could end up at the top here. Like Zach Especially Evans, Jackson Dart, and that's yeah, what it exactly. Looks like. And I think that's kind of what it looks like they're they're basically waiting on is to, for him to make his decision. Um. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe they just have it completely open, and then it's like, Arch, we're just waiting on you to come in here and save and save the whole program. But um, I think Arkansas. I think the they've made multiple moves with the Hazelwood and um, Drew Sanders. There's a, a few. I think uh, Georgia Latavius Brenny just ended up at Arkansas. Like 
you're seeing a, a lot of like quality power five uh, players going to Arkansas. Like I think they're they're building something over there. And KJ Jefferson, I think, is like low key one of the better quarterbacks in the SEC. He's he's reliable. He's solid. Like I think with the right piece around him, I think they could be building something. That would be a fun list. Maybe that's a, a future show in the next couple weeks. We do our SEC quarterback rankings going into next year. Um, Cause I, I want to do that whole thought experiment there. You have the odds. We got to wait and figure out what team everybody's on. That's first. true. That's true. Um, well, let's get into your, your suggestion here on uh, the college football Heisman odds. Cause you're going to break this up by the Heisman odds. And then the sec heisman odds so how do you want to lay this out matt so yeah i i um i think it's caesars uh released their their 2022 heisman trophy odds and it's i mean bryce young is the obvious right the the obvious i mean it's basically kind of a top three with bryce young cj Stroud. doesn't even matter what team caleb williams is on yeah he's like the clear number three but yeah. after that is a huge drop off. Like I think Quinn Ewers is up there. Like it's you know there's this nest is not necessarily who the best players are. It's just who people are going to bet on. Mm-hmm. But you'll see JT Daniels down here at plus like twenty five hundred. Right? We haven't even mentioned him by the way. He's still sitting out there, and it was yeah. rumored that he was a package deal with Burton, and that didn't happen. Yeah, and that clearly did not happen. And I thought I think JT Daniels he seems like someone that's. Uh, can be an sec caliber school you know but maybe but where does he go where's the fit yeah i think lsu is the fit i hope he ends up at lsu i think that's the best place for him where is is miles miles brennan is he's in the portal he he hasn't decided yet right that's a good question see this is where we're at right now i don't remember (laughs) he went in the portal like two months ago and that feels like a lifetime ago um where all the uh max johnson and and uh, he has not picked anywhere yet. He is. Um, he is oh, he portal? exited the co- he exited the college football portal in December, so he's staying. Okay, so hmm. with someone like JT Daniels, like I heard Colorado State mentioned for oh. him, so I thought that was very strange. Like maybe he's not getting the the Power Five looks that necessarily thought he would, and maybe well, Harrison Bailey like ended up at uh, UNLV. Yeah, maybe a place like LSU, it's like, yeah, you could come in there, but you could also come in, the guy could be better than you, and yeah. you're sitting for another year. So, you, And he's, he was a West Coast guy, so I, I feel like half the schools in the Pac-12 he could probably come in and, and start for, right? So that would be interesting to see where he ends up. Well, that wouldn't be a bad fit for him at Colorado State where he – because it's the, you do not have to play at a Power 5 school to get in the first round. Like Malik Willis just played at Liberty. You have Carson Strong who just played at Nevada. You have the North Dakota State guys. They don't. They play in FCS. Like, that doesn't matter. If you can play, people will find you on tape. And if you put up bonkers numbers at Colorado State, which is a possibility, and they're, um, they're in an interesting spot because it's not Steve Adazio running that show anymore. It's uh, Jay Norvell who just spent a bunch of years developing Carson Strong in Nevada. So... Teaming up with Jay Norvell, it's not the worst idea. Carson Strong's going first round. So, I don't know. I hadn't seen that, but that actually makes a lot of sense. I wouldn't be against that if I'm JT. Yeah, I mean, if and I, I could I could see it happening. And and really, the, the whole point of bringing this up, like, it wasn't, like, it's so far away from the Heisman odds, right? Like the, yeah, you're not the winning Heisman, Heisman at Colorado State. The Heisman odds, like, don't even matter at all right now. Yeah, it's funny. Caleb Williams, I guess you know he's going to end up on a good – 
program, so you can bet on him if he's on a team. It would be bad money to put on JT Daniels right now. Like, you have no idea where this guy's going to end up. But, but yeah, I mean, you've seen, like, the, the Joe Flacco's of the world, you know? Go to the lower school, get get that uh, exposure, and end up in the NFL. So Delaware, um, not low exposure. Put some respect on the Blue Hens. On the Blue Hens, Green. for sure, for sure. But, yeah, he got more exposure. But I'm saying he got more exposure personally mm-hmm. than he did riding the bench at Pittsburgh. But – Looking at just the SEC, I think Saturday Down South or somebody posted this. Just the SEC odds to win the Heisman. You got Bryce Young at five to two. The second highest is Spencer Rattler at twenty to one, which isn't even really good odds, but people are going to put money on Spencer Rattler. South Carolina is so hot right now. So um, then you got Will Anderson at thirty to one, Max Johnson forty to one, Anthony Richardson and Jack Miller both at fifty to one. Hendon Hooker at 60 to 1, Luke Altmeyer and Zach Calzada at 60 to 1, Will Rogers, Will Levis, 75 to 1, Miles Brennan, Jameer Gibbs, KJ Jefferson, all at 100 to 1. No, KJ Jefferson's 150 to 1. Wait, what, what is name? Gibbs? 100 to 1. Oh. Hmm. What name did I not say on this list of Heisman odds for 2022? I didn't hear a Missouri Tiger on that list. You did not hear. Uh, Connor Basilak? Yeah, well, he's got he's in the portal. I think it's Sam Horn's team now. Oh, there you go. But you did not hear Stetson Bennett, the quarterback mm-hmm. from the national championship team. Are you telling uh, me oh, no. that Will Rogers has a better chance, to, better odds to win the Heisman? Yes. He's Stetson in my Bennett? offense. We've seen it. He can They're put up. They're going to go seven and five. They're but if they win. have this, hold on. No. Yeah, if he has a crazy year, we've seen it. Mississippi State's had that. They've had it with Dak. They've had this. Him, like he's just done this. He had like he's done this. First of all, none of these guys that are long shots are Will Gardner Minshew. Will he's Levis. done this. Yeah, he's put up numbers. None of those guys win Heisman because they're all like, yeah, this is Mike Leach's system. That's what they do. Like BJ Simmons. And Bennett was this all put just hype up? BJ Simmons wasn't getting any uh, any Heisman love. Cliff Kingsbury might have because everyone didn't know that it was uh, it was Graham Harrell was doing he was Tim doing Couch numbers did. in Lubbock. He was doing numbers in Lubbock. I'm just saying the the odds don't exist for Stetson Bennett. Like, is that just mm. Vegas being like? I don't even know what the hell the numbers are. I can't even put a number out there. Like, that's just crazy to me. Like, KJ Jefferson, 150 to 1. It's like just being. Well, think the about the narrative game. with them, because you also got to include the narrative, which is Georgia won in spite of Stetson Bennett. Like, whether or not that's true, that's the narrative. It's, it's like totally false. Well, I, I, I'm not disagreeing, but I'm saying part of it is the narrative. Like, Georgia, the, like, the problem with Stetson's Heisman case is that every single player around him is better than him. Like every single one, like everyone on offense and everyone on defense is a more talented player than Stetson Bennett. And that's a problem when you're trying to win the Heisman, where it's like, you're the best player on the best team in the country. Like that's, I mean, that's Tim a problem. Tebow, Tim Tebow is like a top 10 player of all time. And mm-hmm. you could, you could argue that there were several players on his team that hold were, on, we're not, were I, hold on, hold on. Just to oh, be clear, I'm just not- to be clear, just to be clear, Matt Green, did you just throw Tim Tebow, who might be the greatest college football quarterback of all time in the same sentence? as Stetson Bennett well is because just obviously I'm not comparing him to Stetson Bennett mm-hmm. but the I mean the national about, championship think about like the pieces girl. like Mac like Mac Jones had around like Mac Jones didn't win mm-hmm. the Heisman one of one of his pieces did but like there's just been Joe Burrow like his two wide receivers were are like all pro wide NFL wide receivers like two years in mm-hmm. I'm just saying like it's not like Stetson Bennett 
Georgia doesn't even have like elite talent around Stetson Bennett, like in terms of well, you're also missing here, Max. Like none of those, like Pickens was played for like two games. He's the only Mm -hmm. like actual like first round type talent. I mean, Brock Bowers, Brock, but he was a true freshman. But Brock Bowers is an elite talent. But James Cook and Zamir White, like their third fourth round well, they're running backs guys. running backs are a different breed now yeah and like the receiver like jermaine burton is like at best a second third like if he has a big year at alabama i can see him being a second round pick but like he seems like a guy if he has a big year at alabama this year i mean he just doesn't seem like the the kind of freaky athlete that necessarily goes in the first round but yeah i mean he could he's just he's like if you just look at george's weapons like it's not like it was just some loaded roster like on offense and stetson bennett was just like Ken Dorsey playing with McGahee and Andre Johnson, you know, just, just Clinton Portis, just these ridiculous weapons. You know what I mean? So it's not necessarily that level. I think, and I feel like Stetson Bennett just doesn't get enough credit for actually playing well, like 29 touchdowns and seven picks. Hold on. Guy, Who's saying he didn't play well. They're just saying he's not a Heisman candidate. People saying in to win it in spite. If the narrative is that they won in spite of the quarterback, that's, that's some Trent Dilfer stuff, throwing 10 touchdowns and 10 picks. Right. But the team is sick, so we win anyway. Like Stetson Bennett, the team was scoring 40 points a game, and the quarterback play was good. It was not what you necessarily expected it to be, but did they break I mean, 30 points? At, hold on. What was it? 20 something, 20 something. How many times did he get over uh, 40 against Bama or over 30? How many times did Georgia quarterbacks in the last four times they played uh, Alabama? I mean, I, I don't think any of them have scored 30. The national champ, because. Yeah. From that, he was 35-28. That would have mm. been the most point. And then I think the Aaron Murray that – Because you had the Kaylee Ringo pick. I think pick, was like 32 this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the 33, that would have been the most score points they scored. And I don't even know if the the Stafford game that they won, I don't even know. I think that was in the 20s somewhere. But Well, the reason I bring that up is because, like, the difference is – well, Joe Burrow went number one overall. Uh, Mac Jones was rumored to go number three to the Niners, went in the first round, started a playoff game. These are all NFL quarterbacks. <laughs> no, for sure. And I'm not saying Stetson Bennett is in the first round. I'm saying, I'm saying these, lo- the these long shot odds exist for all these random Will Levis and all these random dudes. Like, well, Will, Will Levis was a talented quarterback coming out of Will, out of Will Levis just being, the, I think when Stetson Bennett was like the third or second or third game as a starter in 2020, he was like eight to one odds to win the Heisman or something like that, just because he's a starter at Georgia. I think. Mm. For the odds to not exist, it has to be some sort You're of... You're so hurt by this. Can you just enjoy the national title? You had your moment. Why are you mad no. about this? Why are Georgia fans so upset right now? No, I'm not mad about it. I, I'm only mad at the Georgia fans that are like... Have any sort of negativity in their body right now. You know, it's like... This is what we've been waiting for, guys. Like, Stetson Bennett comes back and you're like... Oh, that's the reason Burton's transferring is because of Kirby's offense. And Stetson Bennett's like... Cool, Jermaine Burton can leave. They just won a national championship. Like, what can possibly upset you right now? But I, I'm, and I'm not saying that Stetson Bennett should be a legitimate Heisman candidate next year. I think, I think there's like a narrative that like any old quarterback could have won a championship on Georgia. And while I think there's probably, you know, a good chunk, like any every quarterback, no, like 10, a lot 10, of quarterbacks, 20 yeah. quarterbacks, maybe. But 30 like, to 40 seems more accurate. See, I just don't know about that. Because if you look at the production, 29 touchdowns, seven picks, like with like 100, 200 less attempts than a lot of those guys that are up there too. Like like a Cade McNamara, like just doing nothing. Like Georgia got production out of their quarterback position. Like Georgia got good production out of their quarterback position in, in 2021, even though 
it might not have been what you expected it to be. Like the offense was really good and they scored almost 40 points a game. So you go up the coast and I think do this. You can do this with uh, Brennan Armstrong. Tyler but see, Van- yeah, I think there's multiple good quarterbacks yeah. in the AC. Yeah, there's multiple good quarterbacks. The whole ACC quarterback collection could have won a title. <laughs> but all those guys are good quarterbacks. I think yeah. Cade McNamara, you could argue that he's not even a good quarterback. Like he, he he's like, not bad. He no, he's like okay. 10 he's touchdowns fine. this year. Like, he was Stetson confident. threw almost 30. Like, and they yeah. played basically one more game. And actually, probably less games because Stetson didn't start a couple games this season. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. I'm not, I'm not I don't want to act like I'm I'm saying Stetson should be a legitimate Heisman contender. What one comparison I thought was interesting, though, the last thing I'll say about mm. you know Stetson in Georgia was someone one of my friends compared 2021 Georgia to 2018 Clemson and Trevor Lawrence's freshman year. And if you look at the stats of tre- freshman Trevor Lawrence to 2021 Stetson Bennett, they're super comparable. And if you think about Trevor Lawrence that year, while he was played well, he never had to win a game for Clemson. They just they had the number one defense in the country, and they just murdered everyone they played. Like Chase Bryce and Kelly Bryant made more plays to actually win games for Clemson that year with at AM when Kelly Bryant. Fun. True or well. false, Chase Bryce will be playing college football this fall. Will he get in a game? Will he, no, like, no, no. I, I know the answer to this. True or false? Is he playing football this fall? I would say true because Dabo made him, right? No, 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 no. Hold on. Get your average white quarterback. Oh, correct. shoot. Chase what Price. are you doing here? I'm Hold on. Max Johnson. That's my yeah. bad. Max Chase. Johnson. No, another different quarterback. Max You're Johnson. You're thinking of Hunter Johnson. Hunter Johnson. I'm all over. The transfer portals got me messed up, man. Yeah. Hunter Johnson coming back for his like 19th college career. Uh, to You're help right. You're right. Where is Chase? Is he App State now? Yes, he was at App State last year. He has another year of eligibility. That man is <laughs> under center for the Mountaineers this fall. This fall, sir. Nice. Man... Well, yeah, you remember he had that clutch, like fourth down conversion yeah. to, to beat Syracuse, and again they beat Syracuse, yes. escaped Syracuse. Grayson Kelly... High School legend Chase Bryce. Yeah, and then Kelly Bryant like came in in the A and M game and like made mm-hmm. multiple plays down the stretch and won the game. Yeah. So it was interesting. Like Lawrence, as good as he was as a freshman. That team, Mike could have won a national championship without him really having to make play or just with another, any old quarterback, you know, even though obviously they got good production out of Trevor Lawrence. I can't believe I just let you do a two minute diatribe comparing freshman Trevor Lawrence to last year, Stetson Bennett. I can't believe I just. It's just the production and the fact that the team was designed a similar, like they won by like 30 Mm -hmm. points a game, like. Right first in the nation in, in points per game. So the, the having the number one ranked defense and everything is what goes into the comparison. But I would, I want to be on the record, let it show that I do not think Stetson Bennett is as good as Trevor Lawrence. Uh, the last thing I'll say on the Heisman odds, everything that you listed, the most appetizing to me is Jameer Gibbs, 100 to one. I would throw some yeah, money. Yeah, my, my those are my same thoughts. And I also, Bo Nix was plus 5,000. Like, <laughs> That seems like someone worth rolling the dice for. Yeah. Like he's the ultimate roll of the dice. Yeah, yeah, like I don't know. I just saw him way down the list, and even Hendon Hooker. It's like I feel like year two of Tennessee. We know what the offense is going to be. Like, I don't just, think we'll win enough a games. Long shot? No, probably not. But just like a long shot, like you're just taking it. Like, like Tennessee. We we've seen a lot of teams improve greatly from year one to year two mm-hmm. uh, at big time schools. So. That, that, just as far as taking a long shot goes, I feel like Hendon Hooker would be worth it. I, I don't hate that. I don't hate that. Um, the last thing we did last week, uh, the case for and against Georgia making it back to the national title game. I feel like this is going to be easier 
to to do this case. The case for and against Alabama reaching the college football national title game for three consecutive years when Nick Saban turned 71 years old this fall, Matt Green. 71. To put this in comparison, um, Sean Payton just retired from the NFL at 58. <laughs> and he's been in New Orleans for 16 years. Nick Saban is just... Wow. He's, He's going to be around forever. Like this man is just going to keep doing this, go to basketball games that he doesn't want to go to, to watch Arch Manning play a little bit. Like, did you see the video? Like he's sitting in the corner, like away to a tongue of Iloa's son. Yeah. It's like, Oh man, this dude, he does it all. Um, He stays busy. It's important. But what is the case for the Alabama Crimson Tide making it an incredible three straight national title games and the case against. I mean, the case four is because Alabama. Like, if you just, it's even more than Tiger in the first the field. Like Alabama versus the field. Like, like what 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 odds are you getting for Alabama to, to win the national championship next year? Like two to one. Like, yeah, no, nothing worthwhile. Five to two or something like that. Like, it's it's Alabama. That's basically all you need to know. Like, they have the best player in college football, and I don't even know if that's Bryce Young. Like Will Anderson is the best defensive player in college football. Who's the he, other guy that they had that was given uh, Georgia a lot of problems too on the edge? Um, the younger guy. Oh, Dallas like, Turner. Yeah, Turner, like, yeah. He and he was a true freshman, top ten mm-hmm. ranked recruit coming out. So, so that's like, gonna be fun. Dallas Turner and Will Anderson on the edge this year. It's gonna exactly. be great. Exactly. It's gonna be absurd. So and then you got Eli Ricks in there. Jameer Gibbs is gonna come over. Like Alabama's running backs. It was a pretty disappointing running back room. If Branson or I said Branson Robinson, if I'm getting all my names messed up. Brian Robinson. If Brian and, uh, Robinson yeah. <laughs> um, wasn't just such a workhorse, they would have had yeah. some real issues in their running game this year. And they did have some issues in the running game. And so Jameer Gibbs is – they're going to be relying on a, a huge amount. And and it's just it's just Alabama, right? You look at their schedule. They do have to go to Texas. Year two of Sark, like Texas could be improved. But like – that game doesn't scare Alabama. I just, I'm just glad it's being played in Austin and not in Jerry World. Because that's true. That's just great for college football. Yes, thank you for doing that. Without a doubt. But, you know, at Arkansas, at Tennessee, at Ole Miss, those are those are the three toughest road games, or those are three only? Yeah, those are all their road games in the SEC. Like, Arkansas and Tennessee are going to be some quality teams, but I just don't see anyone on this schedule, like, Ole Miss is just the ultimate, I think, kind of X factor in the SEC West this year because, like, if they get Jackson Dart and they have, like, a good offense like they're supposed to, then they should just kind of build on what they were last year. But if they don't have a quarterback, then I could see them taking a big step back uh, in, in 2022. So I think the case for – I think the SEC West, as good as it is, there's a lot of question marks, and there's basically no question marks. For Alabama, even though a lot of people are hype on Texas A&M and everything, like Texas A&M, like let's not forget how many games they lost last year, right? Like they beat Alabama, but who they lose to? Arkansas, Mississippi State. I think they lost to LSU late. So I don't remember. Yeah, I got to. Pull I, I got to pull up A&M, but so it's like we only really think A&M's good because they beat Bama. So you it's know, that's like, not the only reason we think AM's good. The other reason is that they just had the number one recruiting class and they keep recruiting at a 
crazy pace, but they're for whatever reason not at that level. That That's the only Kirby. reason we really respected the 2021 product, right? Was because that Bama win, but that mm-hmm. was kind of the outlier. Like Calzada didn't play that well against anybody. Mm-hmm. Like they that Arkansas game was a disaster. Yeah, without a doubt. Like I think you know Max Johnson just seems like the ultimate kind of high floor guy that A and M probably needs. So I think I think they could definitely be that second team in the West and maybe even challenge Alabama, but, but they have to win games. Like at at some point you have to put this together. Like they have to win, like not just win. you can't just beat Alabama. Like it's an upset. Like what you have to do is like beat Alabama two out of three years. Yeah. Beat Alabama and don't storm the field. That's how you know you're legit. Mm -hmm. And the thing that's frustrating about them is that they have the players to be legit. They have those guys on this roster right now. Um, but, I will say that's one thing that got with us frustrating as a Georgia fan is as soon as you get that number one class, oh, well, now why aren't you in a national championship? Well, these guys are true freshmen. Well, They're not necessarily the guys playing right now. Like A&M's recruited well for a few yeah, years Yeah, I was going to say, because they've been so, in the top five multiple years. For sure. Years but yeah. it's like this number one class shouldn't be expected to win a championship this year. It's like having the best draft in the NFL. Like we're going to see the fruits of our labor in, in a year or two down the line but but yeah i just think as good as the sec west is i think there's just still a lot of questions and there's no one i can legitimately say like oh they're gonna beat bama kind of how we did coming into last season there was questions like we all did like that a&m team is not what we thought they were going to be but we all circled that game that this unproven alabama team a little inexperienced at kyle field that night game like that's gonna be where they get tripped up like i can't really point to a game on this on this year's on next year's schedule like texas yeah that 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 looks sexy but like no they're Bama's gonna, gonna be up for texas yeah. like they're i He's almost not losing to sark and yeah texas. they're gonna they're probably gonna win by also, like 30. hold on i have a you know i have a grinds my gear segment for 20 <laughs> seconds here with the university of texas um not only are they the fraud university of texas the fraud ut we know who the real ut is and that's right here in knoxville tennessee no my issue with them have you kept up with the Isaiah Nair story? The Wyoming transfer, who was a four-star transfer from Wyoming, committed to Tennessee, enrolled, I believe, at University of Tennessee, and then left for Texas this past week. Mm. So um, don't know how that, that worked. Um, I, just, I, I just feel like uh, we're doing a great job as a college football um, institution that this kind of stuff just happens. Like, I don't know how that all worked and how it all changed. Like I'm sure NIL had something to do with that, but um, that was cool. So, you know what, Sark don't like it. Not a fan, not a fan of losing uh, Mr. Nayer, who I was really excited about um, in this UT offense. And why would you go there when you have Cedric Tillman just putting up 200 yard games? Like it's like, it's nothing. You just see what Velas Jones just did moving on from USC to the University of Tennessee, just seeing Mr. Javante Payton moving on from Mississippi State. Like, look, people are saying, Matt Green, people are saying that if you want to be in an, a high-octane offense where you're having fun and football is just a delight, you go to University of Tennessee. You, that's where you go. Is that what they say? That's what they're saying. I, um, yeah, one UT for the other. I uh, can't, I can't respect that. The that's real orange. A, I always that, and they're both UT, both orange. That's why I can't use UT in like uh, text message. I never use the abbreviation UT. No, you can, and they'll know. And if they don't understand, then you're like, hold I on. Think, 
I think UT Junior. I think is what um is what the the message board uh, term oh, for uh no no I'm sorry they call them like UTK I think like not we are UTK because there are a lot of but the UT there. USC Junior is the message board uh, term for yes. uh, for South Carolina but yeah that's right. why I don't even honestly in my in my text message in my abbreviation world South Carolina is SC and USC yes. is USC. No one it's actually like, competes. It's like I can't USC. call Ohio State OSU. Like, who am I talking about? Am I talking about Oklahoma State? Am I talking about Oregon State? Like, I'm when have you ever talking, been? Hold on, I'm really clear. talking about Oregon. Hold on, State, when? But. Hold on, when? When Matt Green, have you been texting about Oregon State in the last? I'm like, decade? did you see these Rogers brothers, man? Jock mm-hmm. Quiz. That was off the chain. That was probably the last time. I was, yeah. probably the last time I was hyping up Oregon State. I think we but did yeah. a rewatch, didn't there's, we, last year? some of those. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. There's some of those abbreviations that you got to get more specific. I use TN and TX, honestly. Like, that's, that's what you got. Mm. Full point of, I'm just trying to get my, the message across. You know, UT, I don't want to have to answer who's UT. You know, I just have to make it make it known. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Matt Green, final thing, and we'll wrap up here. Make a prediction. Do you think Alabama gets back to the national title game next year? It is January 26th. Hold on, do we really do we make the case against? Did you There's make no the case, case against? against? There's no case. <laughs> uh, the case against is Jermaine Burton. Bryce Young gets hurt. As good as Jermaine Burton is, he has had some injuries too. Yeah. I, he doesn't seem like a number one guy. So I almost wonder if he has to come in and be Alabama's number one guy. Maybe these Alabama receivers, they're big-time recruits. Maybe they're not turning out to be as good as Saban necessarily thought. Like, he thought he needed to go to the portal to get more talent. So, I could see maybe the offense isn't as loaded. Jameer Gibbs, like, if you're relying on him, you know, to carry the load, can he carry the load like uh, like a Brian Robinson did last year? So, if they have a couple injuries, like – Alabama fans, we've heard for a couple weeks how important those two key injuries were at receiver. That's why they lost the game, you know? So if a couple key injuries to a running back or a receiver, I feel like that's probably the case against. Like, I'm not rooting for that. I'm not rooting, you know, against for guys to get injured. But, like, I don't see Bryce Young taking a step back. And I see the defense, you know, still being really good. So... I don't know. I would say a key injury is probably the case against because maybe the the playmakers are a little are a little more shallow than they they have been in years past. We'll see. But uh, if I'm betting right now to answer your question, I'm I'm taking Bama over the field. Yeah, I'm, I just don't feel that good about anybody else. Like Georgia is going to take like a step back on defense. Like with Kirby Smart and Will Muschamp, I think you and Glenn Schumann, you got to be confident that they're still going to be a good defense. Maybe they're not this transcendent defense. that's the best in decades. Maybe they're not top five in the country and points allowed, but they, they still could be, they could be top 10 in points allowed. They could allow 18 points a game instead of nine points a game or whatever they were at this past year. So like Georgia should be good, but you don't necessarily know about them. And Ohio state should be really good outside of that. There's no one I can really confidently say, Oh, they're going to challenge Alabama. Like, there's not, there's not. Clemson doesn't feel like they were in years past. Like, even Oklahoma, like what we thought coming into 2021, like they're nowhere near. Baylor's not been. near. So I, I, I feel like this has got to be probably the the most favorite Alabama's been to win it all preseason in years, honestly. 
I would say Ohio State's right there. Um, they cleaned up the defense stuff. They have talent everywhere. CJ Stroud's back. Trayvon Henderson's back. They have just wide receiver talent everywhere. I, I think Ohio State's going to be even better than they were this past year. I think it's going to be. Uh, Who's the fourth I, team? Like, who is Georgia? Do you think Georgia's the third best team? Or who is your third best team if it's not Georgia? After after Alabama and Ohio State, I would say it's probably Georgia. I don't even know who the real fourth team is after A and M. No, you can't put AM there. Um, like, maybe Baylor. I might put Baylor there. Yeah. So, and Baylor, I, I, I've, I liked Baylor a lot this past season, but it's maybe hard. Penn State. I might put Penn State somewhere in there with what they're returning. Um, and Michigan State, like they could, I just don't know. I like, yeah, I have to think too- about it. I mean, if, you know, if, uh, um, Mr. Williams ends up at Wisconsin. I'm putting Wisconsin there. Yeah, or wherever he ends up, I'm putting somewhere in the top four. But I don't probably. think the ACC, like Miami, I know people were like Tyler Van Dyke a lot, but Miami's not ready to take that no. step. So I just, it's almost not even, it's almost not even Alabama or the field. It's Alabama or Ohio State or Georgia. And that yeah. feels like I would probably put my money on Alabama if, if, uh, if, if I'm a betting man. I would say three of the, if I had to like really just uh, not to get graphic here, but put a gun to my head on who the three of the four best teams are in college football to start next year, I I would say three come from the SEC and one come from the Big Ten. Like I think it's Ohio State and then one of Bama, Georgia, AM, Arkansas. Wait, and wait, in maybe the playoffs? No, just like in terms of like the best teams in the country that mm. if you put them on a neutral side against anybody else, like if Ole Miss played with if they get Jackson Dart and they play like a Pac-12 schedule, Big Ten schedule, whatever, are they the best team in that conference? And I think there's a possibility of that. I think um, Arkansas is right there, AM's right there, and then yeah. So I don't know. I just think right, as of right now, it's some some hodgepodge of the SEC West outside of Georgia and Alabama and I, Ohio State. I, I saw somebody's preseason prediction, obviously way too early prediction that had Georgia, Alabama, and A&M and Ohio State in the playoff. And he also had, no way you also had Ole Miss and Arkansas in New Year's Six Bowls. And I was like, somebody has to lose these right. games. I'm not sure you understand how this works. They, they, all these teams can't win 10 and 11 games. But the point being, like, are they in theory, or not even just in theory, if they played a different schedule, are they in that spot? Yes. I think a lot of those teams would be. But like you said, I think you're that's the, the problem West. with yeah. you know, college football's format is if these are the four best teams and they should be in the top four, but it's just it's not necessarily going to work that way. It it could, but if it was an eight team playoff, then it's probably a better chance that those are the that's the final four because they're the four best teams. If if that's the case, but but another another conversation for another day. There you go. There you go. Matt Green, we can find you on Twitter at Matt underscore W underscore Green. Follow myself at Chase double underscore Thomas. Um, Matt, we did it. Video. We we did it. The inaugural video podcast with you and I. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I would have a YouTube subscribe thing, but I don't know 100% what that's going to be just yet. So that will be cleaned up next week. But uh, thank you so much for the time per usual, Mr. Green. And uh, I will talk to you next week. Yes, sir. 
All right, that'll do it for today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. Thank you again to Mr. Matt Green, fellow University of North Georgia alumni, Matt Green, for coming on today's edition of the Chase Thomas Podcast, the full ride on the Chase Thomas Podcast here. Um, so give give him a follow if you've not already done so, Matt underscore W underscore Green. Uh, make sure to uh, leave this show a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast if you enjoyed today's episode. Enjoy uh past episodes all that good stuff uh tell a friend family member coworker, whoever about the show and why you like it and why they should listen too uh don't forget you can email us at chase thomas podcast at gmail.com any college football questions you might have in the future just uh send those right on over um make sure to go to check it check out chase thomas podcast.com for access to all of my previous episodes um and all that good stuff uh sports renaissance man.substack.com type in your email that simple that's me sports renaissance man and uh follow me on twitter at chase double underscore thomas and like the facebook page at facebook.com slash chase thomas writer all right new episode tomorrow uncle derek how to do nicely done nephew chase thomas podcast hell yeah